Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. I'm Scott. I'll be doing a solo today, all alone. Um, and I think that we can get right into the week that just passed. I'm going to be honest, was not able to watch many games. I was moving into college, um, so I really didn't get many games. And especially now that I am in college, I cannot. Uh, it's going to be real difficult to watch Yankee home games. Um, but from what I saw, updates, highlights, and everything like that, well, there's nothing to complain about. Well, there's not much to complain about. This is, again, got to be able to be, you know, some critical on the team. But, um, again, we are on an absolute, absolute, absolute tear, as basically everybody knows, unable to be beat right now. And it, it is just, you know... We're the best team in baseball. It's, it's the simplest way to put it. Um, well, it started off, uh, well, where we ended. We are having a series against the Twins, and I don't think there's much I need to really talk about that series because, I mean, let's be honest here, it's the Twins. That's the only team we know how to beat full all the way through. It really didn't matter what the heck we did. If we had a good game or a bad game, they're the Twins, we're the Yankees. All we know how to do is beat the damn Twins. So we went and absolutely cleared that series out. We absolutely clear every series we play. Again, 11-game win streak, if you have not been paying attention. 11, 11, 11 games. 11 whole games, which makes us an absolute threat. We went, and then after, you know, absolutely whooping the Twins, which, you know, everybody expected, we had to go and shift our sights and go against the other best team in baseball we had to go against the Braves if I'm correct both teams were on a nine game win streak going into the series against each other uh first game was Cole uh no sorry Cole was in a twins game that I want to also talk about real quick it's the twins it's Garrett Cole Josh Donaldson is on the twins absolute feud still there Josh Donaldson still absolutely upset at Garrett Cole about the whole spider attack thing. He then went and went over again. So he is 0 for 6 with 4 Ks against Garrett Cole this year alone, which is really, really, really funny because, you know, Josh Donaldson is a nobody. So, you know, who really cares? Um, <laughs> we then also saw, so it was supposed to be a four game series against the Twins. Um, but on Sunday, the game got canceled due to weather, which was a hurricane. So, you know, they had to go and cancel that game. But we saw, again, Tyone, great game. Cortez, great game. Cole, as I was just talking about, absolutely dominant. Our pitching has been insane, except for Heaney, which I'll get to in a minute. As I said, we went into a series against Atlanta. They were on a nine-game win streak. We were on a nine-game win streak. We started off with the right pitcher. Jordan Montgomery started off. Uh, we went against, um, I'm going to, I've said this name before because he hit a home run and then we had the whole thing about it. Um, Yanoa is his last name. I just forget his first name or how to pronounce it properly, I should really say. Um, I think it's like, it I sounds like Oscar, but I don't think that's right. <laughs> but, before the game, uh, the Braves broadcasters had um, 
Mike Soroka in the booth, and they were talking about Yanoa, and he was like, yeah, he's real good against the lefties. Okay, but you're playing against the Yankees, who have no lefties. So I just thought that was really funny. Uh, but able to go through that game, Stanton has been going off this entire week. Stanton has been easily one of the best players that we've had as of late, especially for this streak. He's been doing so amazing. I think him and, and Velasquez are easily the two MVPs of this streak right now. But Stanton was able to go and take one deep. Dansby Swanson, who I'm really happy is finally getting good attention. He's going and playing extremely well. He took one deep off of Montgomery. We also had Chapman back, and we went through and had people go. And we did a really good game between the two teams. And it was really amazing to watch. Well, not watch. It was really amazing to, to you know, get the updates, everything like that. I can't imagine what it really was like, you know, there. Stanton has been, as I said, on an absolute tear the last 15 days, which would be from our win streak, has, batted, has been batting 325 with 11 RBIs. Absolute tear this man is on. He is tearing the cover off the ball as he has been his entire career, absolutely crushing everything. DJ LeMahieu has been doing a little bit. Gary's been kind of getting in there every once in a while. But again, as I said, easily the two biggest people would be Stan and Velasquez. Velasquez, during that Twin Series, able to go in the last game of the Twin Series, if I'm correct, went and took one deep into right field just over the wall for his first major league home run. It was amazing to see the joy in his face, the joy in his parents' face, his family's face, just you can't not like Andrew Velasquez. Well, you can't not like him, but people probably will find a way. What I want to really talk about throughout all this and the Braves game as well, um, we've been doing extremely well offensively in the second half. I talked about this a little last week, and I talked. Um, I want to talk about it again right after I get to the end of the Braves series because, again, game two – Went as game two probably would be predicted to go. Andrew Heaney had a start, um, so you knew it was going to be a pretty rough game. Five to three going into the ninth. Again, good plays all around. Stanton had an RBI. Voigt had an RBI. Um, so, you know, expected there. We had a good lead going into the top of the, uh, yeah, the bottom of the ninth. Chapman's pitching. Walks hit-by-pitch, and then Ozzy Albies does a weird single into the infield because he's just, you know, going hard as hard as he can, which is amazing to watch. Um, so we have bases loaded, but we were able to have two outs before that. So it's bases loaded, two outs, and we walk a guy. And Chapman walks um, their third batter. I'm blanking on who it is right now, but I know it. Um but then it's 5-4, bases loaded again, two outs. Chapman just walked a guy. Go and we, we make a good a really good play. We make a really good play of taking Chapman out. We put Wandy Peralta in. And Wandy goes and does his thing against Freddie freaking Freeman. Able to have him fly out to kind of deep left field, going to be honest. A little scary there. But we're able to get out of it. So, again, we are 
on a tear, but we are still the Yankees and are not able to win a game easily, so we just have to make everything an absolute heart attack. But, you know, again, a win is a win. You can't complain about it. So it was a two-game series. We took both games off of the Monty start and then somehow the Heaney start. But now we are going into a um, West Coast trip going over to Oakland. Go and um, you know take on the A's, who've also been doing really, really well. They are third, I'm pretty sure, still in the wild card. As number one is, of course, the Yankees. Number two, the Red Sox do have that. So, you know, i got to kick them down a little bit. We have Tyone on the mound today. And then we're going to have a good matchup tomorrow. Garrett Cole versus Sean Manea. I know. I don't think I say that right. But you know who I'm talking about if you know who I'm talking about. Um, so I think that's ace versus ace is going to be really good. Um it's a four-game stay um, in Oakland, and then they go over to L.A. to play the Angels. And then we play Baltimore. And we play Baltimore three more times. Baltimore has been absolutely awful. We actually play Baltimore six more times. So we play them three in the first week of September, and then in the middle of September we play them three more again at Baltimore. It's just looking real good for the Yankees. And, I mean, as I said, I want to talk about the absolute tear we've had in the second half, um, both second half and just in the month of August itself. I talked about it a little bit. Um, I want to more direct this one onto August specifically. So in August, um, we are leading in all months. We are second in runs scored by two. And again, this isn't a month that hasn't finished yet. We still have a while. We still have like, what, four or five days to go? And we're still not done with the month. And we are absolutely tearing up the month of August, clearly. We are tied with June, with what we played in June with triples. We are in sec. Uh, actually, we are in third in home runs, which is amazing to see. I actually really enjoy that. We are oh so close to being leading in RBIs. We are actually two runs away from beating June again. Um, stolen bases, you just see, have absolutely exploded. We have 18 this month. We had 18 in July, and then five in June, eight in May, and then four in that April March kind of split that they have. And so it's it's amazing to see how we completely changed. I mean, July we had more of a, of a faster team. We had uh, Greg Allen, Esteban Floreal, people who had actually run. But now, even in August, we kind of still had them a little bit, but we're also being more aggressive as a team in general. We've seen Judge go, I think, like four for four on stealing so far. He's been doing amazing. We're also seeing sack flies. We have the most amount of sack flies, which is actually really, really good. We've had eight sack flies this month, which really kind of shows how we're getting people in scoring position and actually being able to score them and not ground into double plays. And talking about that, we have the least amount of grounded into double plays this month, 13. Our next lowest was last month in July. We had 19. We've only grounded into 
26 double plays since the All-Star break. So a, a complaint that we've had for a while now, most of this season, has been that grounding into a double play. And we have completely turned that around and switched into a whole different team. And we are looking so, so much better now. And our batting average as well. We're batting 250 currently in this month. And as I've said, Velasquez has been doing so well. As I, I said it, you could kind of see just in the past three weeks the change that he's had and the adjustment that he's had coming into the league. I said the first week in Kansas City, I said he's just been doing what he needs to do, not doing anything amazing. Second week, all we could talk about was Velasquez. This week, all we can really talk about is Velasquez and really Stanton too. We've been doing so well. He, the two of them have been doing so well. Voight's been doing a great job coming back. He's been doing a real player for us. And I love to see it. And Velasquez is not just doing well offensively. He's doing amazing defensively. He is extremely sound. He's making really good plays. He's making really smart plays. In the Brave series, we saw in our the second game of the series a grounder to the left fielder, uh, really just a, a liner to left field gap. Stanton, or Judge goes and gets it, throws it into Velasquez as a cutoff man. Velasquez puts an absolute dot at home to go and get Freddie Freeman out. And although in replay it's really, really close, it's actually kind of hard to tell. In action it, sound, it seemed like he was out, and then there are pictures and made it look like he wasn't. I don't know what really happened. So... But it was called out, so I think he put an absolute dot on that. And then later in the game, Austin Riley went and put a um, single, um, I think, into left field again or into center. And they threw the cutoff to, to Velasquez, who was cutting off to third where Freddie Freeman was going. Good cutoff right to him, but he goes and doesn't just hold the ball, but immediately guns it to second and was able to cut Austin Riley off, get an extra out for the inning, take an extra base runner off of the bases and out of scoring position. An amazing heads-up job there, and I think that that's something that people aren't really seeing about him. And that's why I'm kind of getting frustrated into my next point of once Glaber comes back, they're expecting to replace Velasquez immediately with Glaber. That's... I don't think you should do that. I think Velasquez is bringing too much to the table. He's on a hot streak now, and although his average is a bit lower than Glaber on the year, I think that, again, you're talking about a lot smaller of a sample size, and he is just getting hot now. Like, right now, he is going to his peak, and we'll see how much, how long that can go on. If he just drops soon, so be it. I understand changing him, but the big difference is defensively. This year, last year, we've talked about it this whole time since Glaber has been at shortstop. He makes a lot of errors. He's made 18 on the year and hasn't played in close to half a month. So, you know, Velasquez is doing things at short that we need. We need the defense of Velasquez. And people are saying that you need to go keep Rugi on the bench. I guess Rugi can go on the bench so he can play second and third. But at the same time, Rugi isn't doing amazing this year. He is the cl- most clutch player we have. But he, besides those clutch situations, he hasn't been doing anything. He hasn't been clean 
at third base either. He's been okay at third base. He's been okay at second. He's had his times. He's had his errors at both positions defensively. And that's what changes games is that defensive errors because defensive errors then just take your morality down and then you're in a bad spot and you don't have the same energy. And that's another reason I really like Velasquez. Andrew Velasquez goes out there with a smile on his face every time. And that's why I really love the pair of Velasquez and Rizzo at short and first because they smile the entire game. They keep the energy up. And I mean, I'm really upset I wasn't able to watch these this Brave series because I wanted to see the interaction between Rizzo and uh, Freddie Freeman. I really wanted them to pitch to each other, honestly. Bring Freddie Freeman in, uh, bring um, Rizzo in just to throw to um, Freeman as the third batter, I think. Or he might have been the fourth, so he might have had to put him in the second inning. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's something that, that you need to do an eyeball test on. And even even statistically, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Hey, he's only hit one home run. Glaber was a little bit better offensively. But again, we have turned into less of a home run or bust team. In the second half of the season, in just under half the amount of games, we have... way less than half the amount of home runs. In the first half of the season, we had 114 home runs. Now we are currently with 45. We had five triples in the first half. We have five triples in the second half. Doubles. We are over halfway through the amount of doubles that we got in the first half of the year. We are thir- We have 13 more stolen bases in the second half where we are right now than we did in the first half. We are a team that has very much shifted and shifted in a very good way. We're four points higher on batting average now than we were in the first half of the year. Our on-base percentage has gone up by 13 And we're, we're seeing such a change and such a smart change in our team. We haven't even, like, not even getting the right amount of hits. We had 692 hits, so almost 700 hits. We only have 289. So we have way less than half the amount of hits that we got in the first half of the season. But... Again, we're winning games. We're playing good defense. We're playing offense enough to run people out and be able to win these games 5-4, you know, all this stuff. We don't need all these big runs. We don't need all these big hits. We just need these doubles that are working, the triples. All those just getting in there, the stolen bases, those extra bags that we can just pick up, the sack flies that we can go and get a runoff and we don't even need a hit. It's amazing to see how this team has changed. And I think Velasquez has done a big part of it. Stanton hasn't been hitting a ton for home runs, although he has still been hitting home runs, which, again, I'm not, I'm absolutely not opposed to. I'm opposed to home runner bust. And we have not really been seeing that a lot. Voight's been doing a good job of avoiding that. Stan is only really hitting a home run when he gets that curveball middle down the zone, which why the hell would you give him the same pitch that he literally only cranks? Um, <laughs> but 
that and then defensively defensively we have not been making errors we've been making big plays defensively we've been seeing Rizzo go and play very good at first base doing very good scoops he did an amazing job uh yesterday or sorry two days ago it was in the last game against the Braves as I said Ozzie Albies went and was able to beat out a grounder to short I think it was I don't remember if it was short or third but he just busted it he earned it they, I think they counted as a hit. wasn't an error. So it was the ground ball over. It was a throw over. Throw was wide. Rizzo goes and kind of lunges off the bag, try to get him, try to kind of you know end the game there. Didn't work. He was safe. Net, first thing Rizzo does is once he picks it, he's on the ground. He turns and fires it immediately to home. It's those smart plays, and as I already talked about, Velasquez doing that thing, cut off going right to second it's that small smart things that save runs save errors and can really save games all around i think we're doing a great job of that and that's really been a huge part of that and just our spirit and our energy is all there and all going for us and i think it's amazing to see but we continue well hopefully we can continue it tonight going up against the A's. Starling Marte has been doing a great job, but, you know, Ramon Laureano went and was able was suspended for PEDs. Don't know how far into it. He had an 80-day suspension. I don't know how far into it he is, but we're not going to be seeing him for a while. So with Tyone on the mound, we're looking to go continue the streak. Tyone's trying to continue his streak, doing so, so damn well. And we'll see how it all goes. I have good confidence. It's just, you know, the field. We're just on a terrible field today. But I want to shift over to around the league, things that have been happening elsewhere in the league besides the Yankees. I don't have much around the league, but they are big things that I do have. We saw Miguel Cabrera go and hit his 500th home run. I mean, that really shows you how the times have been changing. This guy has been absolutely raking, and, and the comparison, the difference between his first home run and his last one has been absolutely insane. And, I mean, this guy has become, you know, a national treasure in the MLB. He's a guy that everybody looks up to. I mean, he's such a fun player. He's getting older. He is getting older, but able to go and be able to hit 500 really just is a crazy thing to see, to see anybody hit 500. Um, And I mean, he's, of course, now on such a huge club, such an amazing club with a bunch of crazy good players. And that's great to see. We also saw um, Yadier Molina extend extend his contract to one more year with the Cardinals. But along with that, he did state that that will be his final year in the MLB. So we got one more year of another one of probably the best catchers that we've seen of this generation. Probably the best catcher of this generation that we've seen. Um, And, I mean, he's been such a huge part of baseball during my entire life. And, you know, he's getting old. And again, we've talked about this before. How the hell does he stay back there for so long? Um, and it doesn't hurt him so, so much. Uh, we also saw the Chicago Cubs go and break a losing streak. Um, 
So a few days ago before their before their game against the Reds, um they went on a Twelve game losing streak. The Cubs went on a twelve game losing streak, and that was also, you know, when they were giving up all their players. And I don't know where this thing, this post came from. It was saying three days ago that the last win the Cubs. Oh, that's why. The last win that the Cubs had at Wrigley, specifically Wrigley. Before their game, their series against the Rockies was back when we talked about Javier Baez hitting the walk-off against the Reds and Amir Garrett, and they're kind of all having their little tussle dis, uh, discussion, whole thing. Yeah, that. Um, so, you know, kind of funny to see that they have been that down, and it's just been so, so damn rough for them, but it's also been so, so damn rough for so many teams Teams like the Baltimore Orioles, who went on an 18-game losing streak. I'm pretty sure it's 18. It might have been 19, actually. Um, all stemming since the cat walked on the field in August that I talked about. So August 3rd was their last, was their uh, the first loss of the streak which then spanned until August 24th. Yes, it was a 19-game losing streak that was then cut off just yesterday with a 10-6 win over the Angels. So, you know, I just think that's really funny. Um, <laughs> that we are looking at, you know, a, a, a team that could be so bad, a team that can be so, so bad in a division so, so good, 39 and 86 on the year. It's just, it's sad. It's sad. Um, we also saw, um, San Francisco Giants outfielder Brandon Belt just the other day his grandmother sadly passed away but that same night Brandon Belt went went four for five with two home runs and you know it's a really touching thing I mean I was it's always great to see kind of those tribute things we saw like we saw people like like the Tyler Skaggs we've seen so many people kind of have these tribute games and that's really where they kind of show off and I think that's it's a really touching thing always when you see that um we also saw Zach Wheeler go and hit for the 200k mark so 200 strikeouts for Zach Wheeler he's been tearing it this year and it's good to see him go and kind of get more recognized especially being on the Phillies who have been so subpar um as of the rest of that division um <laughs> But it was actually a really interesting way of doing it. It was a strike him out and throw him out. So uh, Brandon Phillips was hitting, struck out, and then um, Rosarino was tossed out at second. So I think that's kind of oh, a weird way of going and um, getting your 200 strikeout um, at the end of an inning 
well, the most ex- exciting thing was the guy getting thrown out rather than your 200th strikeout. Um, so, yeah, that happened. And then... Um, Robbie Ray of the Blue Jays, who have been who has been their probable best, second best pitcher. They have fourteen Ks last night, fourteen strikeouts, which is mad. Pretty interesting to see. Um, and it was against the White Sox, so it wasn't against a team that you can easily, you know, be able to run through with your pitching. They're a very tough team to go and pitch against. Um, I just have two more things. We saw um, the longest game that we've had this year since, actually, not just this year, but this year and last year. The Dodgers and the Padres have really been firing up their rivalry. Their game last night went 16 innings. There was five. Uh, it was five hours and 49 minutes. 489 total pitches were thrown. 19 pitchers were used, 47 total pitcher uh, total players were used, and it ended at 3:59 here in the Eastern Time Zone, which is mad. 16 innings, 16 innings that just doesn't end, and it's actually really cool that that was that rivalry, um, because that has been such an explosive thing as of this year, and it's kind of cool to see the two teams kind of go off against each other. Finally, we also saw in that same game, um, Corey Knievel of the um, Dodgers attempted to purposely balk because there was a runner on second, and he didn't want the runner to be giving signs out to the um, batter, which is kind of um, insane to think of that he didn't want to do that, Um, but he went and he balked. He just dropped the ball on the mound, which should be a balk. They didn't call it. So then he went, started his motion, went and um, like stepped over to third, go and get the runner over to third. Didn't matter anyways. Fernando Tatis hit a home run. So, um, <laughs> so it's, it's crazy to kind of see that mindset. And I mean, I'd understand if you're going for a long time, like, but I bet. Again, as I said, there were 19 pitchers used between the two teams. I'd imagine that he probably didn't see that pitcher again. So it wasn't even like he very much could read signs, who would know the signs or anything like that. But, you know, whatever floats his boat. Um, But, yeah, again, that was just a really interesting game. 16 innings with the runner on second rule. But the Dodgers do come out on top. Five to three was the ending score of that. But yeah, that was about it for this week for me. Um, if you want any more updates, we've been trying to get um, you know our Instagram's been kind of dry as of late, um, just because I've been doing I've been doing things here at college. Lexi's been doing work still, so. Hopefully, you can kind of keep up with everything from this point on. Um, go follow our Instagram at pinstripe.podcast. Um, hopefully, we'll kind of be back on pace about what we normally do. Um, but, yeah, 
that's all that I have to say for this week. So I'll see you next week. You guys have a good one. Bye.